Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday night Bible study on Talk Shoes. It's good to have all you people there in the chat room. I appreciate you taking time this Sunday afternoon to join us around the Word of God. It's a pleasure to have you there, and I appreciate it very much. How you doing, Brother Jason? Doing well, praise the Lord. Amen, brother. You sound perky. I'm glad of that. I'm glad you got your reading glasses on. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5 tonight, folks, and we'll probably depart from here on another subject that we're going to run across here, and I'm, uh, I'll am i make more mention of that in just a few minutes. But before we do anything, Brother Jason, if you would open us in a word of prayer, Brother. 
Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to get together and gather in your name and study your word. We ask, Lord, that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you'd lead us and guide us tonight. We lift Brother Don up to you, Lord, and ask that you bless him and give him wisdom as we go through the scriptures. We thank you, Lord, for bringing uh, Brother Peter back home safely and here tonight as well as uh, anybody new in the chat room. And, uh, Lord, also we pray that those that might download this program would come to know you, Lord, and that you'd speak to their hearts. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay. Well, last, what the, well, let's see. <laughs> yeah, here I go again. Turn back to, um, to um, Mark chapter 4 for just a second. Brother, I want to make just a few comments about something that we hurried up with um, last Sunday. I want you to read the last, let's see, I want you to go back over that last part uh, from verse, let's see. No, 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 Lord's not going to let me do that. Just go back to chapter 5 and start reading in verse 1, brother, and I'll, I'll stop you where I need to. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. Okay, I will make mention of one thing. These Gad, the, this country of the Gadarenes is on the eastern side of Jordan. Do you remember what tribe settled on the eastern side of Jordan, folks? It was the Gadites from the tribe of Gad. Now, we know they were taken captive, part of the ten northern tribes, into um into Assyria. So I wonder who these Gadarenes are. Fixing to find out what one of their main industries are, that's for sure, is what one of their main industries was at the time of this writing. Just keep that in mind. Just thought I'd bring it to your attention. Go ahead, brother, verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Okay. This unclean spirit, singular it says here, the unclean spirit, had an unclean spirit, but we're going to find out shortly that this unclean spirit's got a name. And it's not singular, it's plural. That's what we're going to find out. We're going to learn some things here about a demon-possessed person. Number one, right here in verse 3, he's dwelling among the tombs. Demon-possessed folks like to, you know, hang around dead things. Think about it. Verse 4, brother. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces, neither could any man tame him. Okay, here we see that supernatural strength is exhibited. This guy could break chains. 
And no man could tame him. He broke the chains and ran around, hanging around tombs. Verse 5, brother. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Marking his body. Hmm. So these unclean spirits like to hang around dead things all the time. They display extraordinary strength and like to cut their bodies up. Hmm. Huh. Verse 6, brother. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Okay, this worship here is not the kind of worship that we worship the Father and Spirit in truth. This is just an obeisance, okay? All the demons, they they had to give that obeisance to the Master, okay? James says in his book, even the devils believe and tremble, okay? It's a different kind of worship. This is a homage, this is not like like we worship God in spirit and in truth. This has nothing to do with anything like that. It's just they know who's boss. Let's just put it that way. Go ahead, brother. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that... Thou torment me not. Okay. Singular but plural. Singular but plural. We're going to find that out in just a second. He knows Jesus is the Son of God. They all do. They're very familiar with him. So you can say you can uh, you can say much more about a demon when it comes to respect and knowing who the boss is than a lot of so-called Christians out there, folks. Okay. And some people walking in the upright, claiming to be normal human beings. Verse 8, brother. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Uh, you ought to look that legion up in a concordance and see how many devils were in this man. Yeah, he were, they were many, all right. Something like 6,700, you know, of this. It's, it's, seven, it's I think, 6,768 um, men plus so many thousand soldiers during the time of Augustus that were a legion, not counting horses. But there was a mucho many in this one man, this un, this unclean spirit, which were many demons. And then the King James a lot of times will call these unclean spirits devils. In retrospect, in, they'll call them devils. And then in the next verse, it's like, well, we're going to see in just a few minutes, going to call them devils right down below here, I believe. And it, but that's what it is, an unclean spirit. You've got familiar spirits, unclean spirits, all demonic, all right? In Acts chapter 16, 
we see this woman, this prophet is following Paul and Silas along, say, telling the truth, not a lying spirit, but a demonic spirit, okay? Saying, these are the servants of the Most High God that bring us the way of salvation. <laughs> Paul turns around and casts out the devil. See, they ain't stupid. That's in Acts chapter 16. Verse 9, brother. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. Now I brought this. I'm going to here's where I'm going to depart for just a second. First of all, before we depart, I'm going to make mention. These guys said, asked the Lord, could they asked the Lord of heaven to do something for them. And the Lord complied. He complied. He didn't send them out, send them back to the Abuso, into the bottomless pit. He let them go into this herd of swine. Wow. And what did they do? Instead of running out across the land, they went running and went into the sea. Now, why in the world did they do this? Why did they do this? Now, now from what we, I want you to be turning to Job chapter 26, brother, while I'm talking. Now, I want you guys to, I want you to clear your minds for a second. I've been, I've been throwing this fish hook out there with bait on it for quite a while now, and I can't get nobody out there to take the bait. And this is a good, this is a good bait, okay? This is not, <laughs> this is not for suckers. I'm going to show you something. If you got the fortitude and want to know about it, to study it, okay? That is if you want to know about this, and I'll show you why it's important as we follow the Scriptures on through. Scripture with Scripture. In the context, remember. Keep that in mind. But I want you to clear your minds of all the religious crap trap that some of you folks has got fishing around out there with the false prophets and false teachers that wouldn't know a Bible doctrine if it reached up and slapped them in the face, that don't even believe what they try to teach, but try to destroy it all the time. Shoot, you got one bunch that runs around opening a program telling everybody they're a bunch of little G-gods, okay? Anyway, Job chapter 26, verse 5, Brother Jason. 
Listen to what he says, and I'll explain why we went back here as we go through these scriptures. But these there now remember back here we're dealing with devils and demons. Okay? And these guys, many they're a legion, want to go into the swine so they can depart and run into the sea. Into the water. Why in the world did they want to go back to the water? Well, they really, all they did, they went home. <laughs> what in the world is he talking about? I'm fixing to show you. I'm fixing to show you. Job chapter 26, verse 5, Brother Jason. Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. That word dead there is Rapha. Are you familiar with the Rephaim? The offspring of the cohabitation of angels and women of Genesis 6? Turn to Isaiah chapter 26 now, brother. Oh, by the way, you can run to your Strong's Concordance and find out what it says the Raphael are. Okay? <laughs> oh, I hope you do. You better listen to me. I'm showing you something. I'm showing you something, or I'm trying to, if you've got ears to hear. Isaiah chapter 26, and read verse 13 and 14, brother. I made mention of this when we did that little study in Isaiah not long ago, but I didn't expound on it. Isaiah 26, verse 13 and 14, brother. O Lord, our God... Other lords besides thee have had dominion over us. Okay, I want you to follow me here, folks. Listen to what's said. O Lord, our God, other lords have had, have had dominion over us. Go ahead, brother. But by thee only will we make mention of thy name. Verse 14. They are dead. Who is the they? they the, well, wait just a second. Let me explain this and why it's important. They are dead. Back up to verse 15. Who's dead? Other lords. Okay? You can follow it. Go follow it in the Hebrew if you want to. Okay? Then it says, they shall not live. Go ahead, brother. Read complete verse 14. They are dead, they shall not live. They are deceased, they shall not rise. Okay, the word dead here is not the same Hebrew word as we read back in Job chapter 26. This is mu in the Hebrew, this dead here. But the word deceased is ratha. Ghost, spirits. Demons. They shall not rise. Therefore, 
Hast thou visited and destroyed them? The context of this, folks, is the end time. Go back and read the whole thing. The context of this is the end times. Isaiah is saying, these lords, they're dead. They shall not rise. They're deceased. They're Rapha, ghosts, spirits. They shall not rise. Really? Is that right? Well, They've been, they, was, they had rose and got in that man that we just talked about in Mark chapter 5 and also in Matthew, and we will again in Luke. They possess people, folks. The Rephaim died. Joshua and Caleb killed a bunch of them. Giants. What happened to their spirits? They come back as demons. They are the demons. That's how demons started. What did Job tell you? The oldest book in the Bible. The dead things, the Rapha, are formed under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Something lives under the waters. And you ever wondered how it talks about those things under the waters in the book of Revelation? Like I said, the context here in Isaiah is the end times, folks. It's got our resurrection in here also. End times. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind to where we're going next. Okay? Keep in mind, these demons, you know, they inhabit people. Okay? They don't, they can't do nothing without a body. In 1 John 5, it tells you to try the spirits, whether they be of God. Next verse, For many false prophets, they love to inhabit people. Well, wonder if they were given an opportunity to have their own body. I'm asking you to be honest with your own self. And trash can the gobbledygook that some of these materialists have stuck in your head. I want you to be honest. Think of the possibilities. Let's see if there's any scripture to back it up. Okay? Wonder if they had a a body that was made for them to inhabit. 
where they could really wreak havoc and damage. Is it possible? I don't know how many of you folks know what's going on in this world today with transhumanism and cloning. Don't have I see this this is not science fiction anymore, folks. Not science fiction anymore. And it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, folks. It's happening. So, Dolly the sheep. My God, how many years ago was that? Do you realize what's going on in the major corporations of the world? That there's 50 corporations larger than any of the than most all the governments of the world. Did you know that? They have their own military, their own science department, their own research and development laboratories. Do you know what's going on? Do you take the time to check it out? Or are you too busy worrying about stuff that absolutely has no determination on what's coming in the near future? Or could prepare you for what's coming in the near future if the Lord allows you to live? So where is he coming up with all this stuff? Out of the Word of God. See, I believe the book. So what's he talking about now? I believe every blessed word of it, folks. Turn to Daniel chapter 1, brother. I want you to read the first verse in Daniel chapter 1. I want you to stop when you read the first verse. And I want you folks to sit back and think of what's fixing to be said. And you can check it in the Hebrew, and then we're going to go and get the second witness in the Greek. And it's going to say the same thing in the Greek as it says in the English. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Context? Well, it'll be self-evident shortly. Go ahead, Brother Jason. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and... There shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. In time. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. In time. You got it? Now turn to Matthew 24. See, that's just an that's just an angel talking there. He might not have the skibby, you reckon? Well, let's see what Jesus Christ had to say about the very same period of time. 
Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, brother. Do I have to tell you folks what the context of Matthew 24 is? Surely to goodness, you that's been with me a long time know what Matthew 24 is all about. And Mark 13 and Luke 21, because we're fixing to go there too. 24 verse 21, brother. Lord Jesus Christ talking. For then shall the great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Now, do you realize what the essence of God manifest in the flesh just told you people? Do you believe him? There's a time coming that there has never been a time like it since the beginning of creation, nor ever will be again. Now I want you to let, I want you to stop now and think about the worst stuff that's ever happened that's ever been recorded. Okay? Think about it. Since there was a nation, is what the angel said, do you realize where the nations first started showing up? After the flood. Do you know what the context of what he just read you is? Christ says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. End time. Now just think. What is the worst recorded historical events that's ever happened? Any torture. Any killing. Any slavery. The massacres. The bloodshed. Any earthquake. Any tornado. Well, he's telling you there's a period of time that's going to be worse than all that. Turn to Luke chapter 21, brother. Oh, I guess he's just allegorizing and joking, ain't he? Huh? Just, he's just trying to scare you, ain't he? No, if you know him as Lord and Savior, he's trying to warn you. And so am I. And to anyone that hears these broadcasts, that's got ears to hear and eyes to see and a believing, humble heart. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. Luke 21, verse 26. Context? This period of time we're talking about. Read it, Men's hearts failing them for Just fear. Read verse 25 and verse 26. 
and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity and sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear why why are they why is the men's hearts failing them for fear go ahead and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth what looking for what those things which are coming on the earth any of you folks ever read revelation when the bottomless pits opened see Everybody wants to tell you that's an allegory. You reckon it was an allegory if them angels made it with the women and they had giants? You reckon that's an allegory too? You see, they'll lie to you. They don't believe the book, folks. Infidelity reigns supreme today. What's infidelity? You you telling me that you've got a third grade education and don't know what infidelity means? Unbelief. They make fun of believers. They make fun of believing in Christ. They make fun of the word believe. They try to destroy it. They don't know the difference between belief and faith. In other words, they don't know squat. Turn back to Amos chapter 3, brother, and read verse 7. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Did you hear what he said? So, if the Lord's going to do something like this, you reckon he'd reveal it to some people that loved him and believed his book and taught his book and were called to teach his book and preach his book? Do you reckon he would? Guess what? There's mucho of those servants saying exactly what I'm trying to tell you today. Totally disconnected from one another. Except connected by the book and the Holy Spirit. Reckon it's just a coincidence? I'm asking you people to think and pray. Men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking for those things coming upon the earth. I wonder what's coming on the earth that's going to make people 
die fright. See, for ages and uh, the the old the, just the common per, per, well that means that they might have a heart. Why would they have a heart attack? This is talking about a time period that's never been, never going to be again. Never been nothing like it. Some of you folks can't even fathom what I'm saying. Because your mind's been polluted with BS. Turn to Revelation chapter 9, brother. Let's check out something coming upon the earth. See if the Lord did reveal it to one of his servants, the prophets. The problem is, will you believe it? I don't give a rat's tail what anybody else has told you. I'm asking you to believe the book and the Spirit of God. That's what I'm asking you to believe. Start reading in verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Locusts, scorpions, as the scorpions, as like. Remember what I've tried to pound in y'all's brains about similitudes? What similitude is? Oh, well, that's just scorpions, scorpions and locusts. Is that right? You folks remember the Daniel 2 army? We're going to go back there in just a second. Read verse 4, brother. Keep on reading. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Are you sealed? You been sealed to the day of redemption? Continue reading, brother. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Keep on. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. 
and the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. You got that? Sounds like uh, some kind of hybrid to me. Like a, you know, mouse with an ear, that's just the bait. Dolly the sheep, that's just a little bitty deal. Remember these demons have to have bodies. I wonder who's been in charge over the last millennia after millennia planning out a battle against the Father. I wonder if in the thousands of years that's passed, if the one that's wiser than Daniel and has a third of the host of heaven to help him out, along with stupid, unregenerate men to help also that don't even believe in him. I wonder if it would be possible to get to a point in history when men shall run to and fro, back in Daniel 12, and knowledge shall be increased, that they could just withdraw out of the people their little manufactured demonic possession and to get their own bodies of some kind. Formed by genetic manipulation. And cross-hybridization. Remember, never been a time like it since there was a nation. Or never ever will be again. And in all three chapters of the second coming, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, the Lord says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You see why I'm so hard on them no Devilers, all them anti-Lucifers, they destroy your ability and your ability to understand what the Scripture's trying to tell you. The Scripture defines itself if you put it together in the context where it appears. If you believe what you read in the English, folks, I've been believing this stuff. What I'm telling you here, the Lord showed this stuff to me years and years ago. Do you know what those um, 
angels that after whenever at the at the Tower of Babel, do you know what they said? One of the the Lord stuck that it been in my brain for forty years. One little word, two words, or three words that they said that stuck with me when I first started going through the Word of God. I'm going to paraphrase part of it. It said, hey, these guys, talking about the ones building the Tower of Babel in the land of Shinar, we got to do something because all their language is one. we got to do something because if we don't, they'll be able to do anything that they imagined to do. Imagine to do. Now, do you, are, now I want you to stop and think. Are you starting to understand why the ones that rule this world are trying to tear down barriers? and make all the world of one speech and an amalgamated race-mixed mess, all cultural barriers tore down, ship into every white Christian nation on this earth, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, breaking down cultures, breaking down barriers, breaking down bloodlines. There's an agenda and an endgame, folks. This is part of it. Continue reading in Revelation, brother. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, and as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. Let's see who the king was. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Ring a bell to any of you folks. Anybody want to know a little Greek history? Ever heard of Apollo? Ever heard of Tartarus? Ah, that's all a myth. Really? 
some of you folks have been so brainwashed with German rationalism is pathetic. It hinders your belief in the book, folks. Some of you don't believe in miracles. Some people wouldn't even know the Spirit of the Lord if He reached up and slapped you three times in the face. And it's not your and, and it's not your fault, really. It was it's the the system that we've grown up in. A lot of us. Some of us were fortunate enough to be delivered out of that system years ago while there was still some good teachers running around. Keep on reading, brother. One woe is past, and behold, there came two woes more hereafter. When the Lord says woe, W-O-E, folks, he ain't joking. So, you know, some of y'all think it's just like, maybe just going to be like a bad storm, huh? Or maybe like Hurricane Katrina or some little bitty puny, something like that. Or maybe Krakatoa erupting. Or Mount Vesuvius. Something like that. Folks, don't forget what we started out with. It's a time like never has been or ever will be again. Now you put everything you've ever heard of into the context of that. Would you not agree that there has been some bad things happen on this earth? that you weren't a part of in the past. Yeah, amen. Uh, of course you would agree. Well, if you believe the book, right around the corner's coming a time when all that stuff's going to be like child's play. Now are you starting to get my drift? Turn to Daniel. Turn to Joel chapter 2, brother. Remember how he called these up here? You can turn to Joel 2 while I'm talking, brother. Here in Revelation, how they were like locusts and scorpions. These chimeras, that's what it is, folks. They got bodies now. Reading in verse 1 when you get there, brother. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh. Oh, the day of the Lord. Remember what we studied about the day of the Lord events when we went through that little... Um, that little systematic studying in parts of Isaiah. Go ahead, brother. For it is nigh at hand. 
a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it. Whoa, 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 will you please, did, did the language catch your attention? Read it again. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, Ever neither the like, shall never, there, there never have been the like, and go ahead, neither shall neither be. shall be any more after it. You got that? You got that. Does the language fit the context of what we're talking about? Keep on, brother, verse three. Even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth, devoureth before them. Before them, them, it's a people, folks. A great people. Back up in verse 2. Did you miss it? Like there never has been or going to be. Go ahead, brother. And behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. In other words, it's, it's, it's beautiful before them, but after you get by, after they come through and do their damage, it's in a world of hurt. Continue on. And nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, Oh, did we not mention, see the horses back in Revelation 9? Go ahead, brother. And as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble. As a strong people sat in battle array. Do you remember the, the, very, the very descriptions of the battle array in Revelation chapter 9? Continue, brother. Before their face, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb like Climb the, climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march every one on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Oh, that's just a sound. That's just got to be allegory. That's just old science fiction stuff. That's what the idiots would have you to believe. 
even some of the ones that will even admit that the angels put off their architerion, whatever that is, to be able to mate with women and form giants. Even though they'll admit that, oh, that's in the past, they think linear. They have an evolutionary train of thought. They think, oh, we got better. All that superstition now. Is that right? What would cause somebody's heart to fail them for fear? For just looking on something coming on the earth. You reckon this is a candidate? <laughs> you reckon those things back in Revelations 9 is a candidate for a time of trouble that never has been since there was a nation or ever shall be again? Would would it qualify? Keep on reading, brother. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rent your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. You see how wonderful the Lord is. See, everybody can gravitate to that, can't you? You can buy in on that 100%. But your your mind will doubt what's come before that. Folks, you can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose. Don't work that way. Turn to Revelation chapter 18, brother. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something else. It goes right along with it. Oh, everybody wants to talk about, oh, this is economic 
nation. And you, you know what I believe. I believe that you folks live in Babylon the Great. Okay? I believe it's part, it's scattered out. It's mystery Babylon. Let's see what it says. Revelation chapter 18. Starting in verse 1. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and I is... You, I, want you, I want you to pay attention to what characters pop up next. We left Mark 5 dealing with devils and demon-possessed people back to where the inhabitants under the water are the dead. All the way in this circle, now I want you to watch the characters that pop up. See, some, the majority of you folks out there, oh, this is allegory, highly symbolical. Is that right? Is that right? Continue reading, brother. It has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. You got that? Devils, foul spirit. Go ahead. And a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Do you realize what fornication is mixing two things that ought not to be mixed? You got that? Fornication can either mean illicit sex, Homosexuality or race mixing. Do you know that? This great Babylon is pushing her for this fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And oh, I could take you off, and when we go through Revelations, I'll take you on the whole big circle about these kings of the earth at the time this takes place. Guess what? Well, no, I'm going to take you there right now. Turn to Daniel chapter 2. These kings of the earth that it's talking about, let me show, let me show you a nugget. I've showed you in times past. You had not been able to put it together. But now that we've been making this big circle in this context, I want you to see what it says since you think that, my, oh, he's crazy. And then again, Everything I'm showing you, folks, is dependent upon one thing. You believe in what God said. You remember the mathematical probabilities of the prophecies? Remember what Doc told you last week and I've told you in times past <laughs> about just one man's prophecy? 
and the possibilities of it coming to pass. Right on the money, just like they said it was. No allegory involved. Nail prints in his hand, lashes on his back. He'd say, I thirst. He'd raise the third day. He'd come from the seed of David. And when he keep on going, 48 prophecies come to pass just literally. Hey, literally. Then we'll say it one more time. Literally. Just like the book said. And the odds on that happening are one out of ten to the 157th power, and there's not that many electrons in ten universes. And you want to go allegory? Take your best shot, and you'll be a fool for it. Go down and read verse 42, brother. I'll give you the context. I'll, I'll give you the skivvy on the context of the chapter. It's about all the nations. It's Dan. It's 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 um. What's his name? Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Whatever his name was, his dream about all the, about this statue, about the different kingdoms of the world that's going to come. Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Yeah. And the last kingdom, the feet and the toes, and the ten-toed kingdom is the very last one. The very last one. I want you to see what he says about these ten kings. The ones that committed fornication back here in Revelation 18 with the, the ones that committed fornication with Babylon the Great. Let's see about this mixing going on. You see? Daniel chapter 2, verse 42 and 43, brother. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay... So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. What? The seed of who? Read it one more time. Listen to what he says. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. The them are the ten kings. They're going to mix themselves with the seed of men. Well, I thought everybody was a man. Huh. You couldn't beat it with a stick. And I don't care if you go to your Septuagint or to the Hebrew. Guess what? You're going to get the same thing. Continue. But they shall not cleave one to another 
even as iron is not mixed with clay. Two elements that don't go together. Fornication. Just like two elements did not go together in Genesis chapter 6. Never meant to go together. That's why the great judgment was put on them. As Peter and Jude and Enoch tell you. That severe, severe punishment. Back to Revelation. And continue reading in 18. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, that, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. You see, now all, all the um, the pea brains out there, they'll center in on about the merchants of the earth. Oh, that's some old Jews. Oh, that's some old. And totally, and, oh, they'll tell you, now oh, that's literal. Oh, absolutely. That's the bankers. That's the Rothschilds. They'll center in on that, and they don't give a tinker's damn about the rest of it. You know why? Because they don't believe it. You can't pick and choose, folks. 
Every word of God is pure. God manifest in the flesh said, the words, W-R-D-S, I speak to you. They are spirit. They are life. Thy word is true, O Lord, and all thy righteous judgments endure forever. Continue, brother. For no man buyeth or merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odor odors and ointments and frankincense. I, I want you to slow down a little bit and I want you to pay attention now. Pay attention. Oh, everybody's amen and amen and amen and coming down through here watching this dirt going down through this list. Oh, yeah, I believe that's the Rothschilds. They're into commerce. They're into the banks. There's one screwed your money up. The pyramids on the back of the dollar bill. All that stuff. I believe it. I believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want you to watch it. Continue. And cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And slaves. And what's those last four words say? And souls of men. Brother Kevin, open up your Strong's Concordance and type in, and souls of men. And when you get it pulled up to Revelation, and it goes to Revelation chapter 18, verse 13, let me know. I want you to read something there to these wonderful people. That's listening. You see, folks, you can't come down through Scripture and pick and choose. It don't work that way. See, the reason everybody wants to pick out the money, because the love of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> See, including the ones that pick it out. For where your treasure is, the Lord said, there will your heart be also. And right after that, he says, set your affections on things above. Lay up treasures in heaven. We're raw where the moth doesn't get it and the rust doesn't mess with it, paraphrase. Found it, Kevin? Well, you want me to look it up as if it was three or four words. Oh, yes, that's fine. It'll bring you to the verse. It'll bring you to the verse. And souls of men. 
Right. It brings up Revelations 18.13. That's exactly correct. Now, all you got to do is click Strong's, and it'll give you the numbers beside it, and I want you to click the number beside Souls. Psyche, if I'm saying okay. it right. And I want you to go down and read Sub... Right. Three okay. C. It's where it says C. I want you to read C because everybody knows what psyche is. But we're going to read the explanation that, in the context, dictates what it is. The soul, as an essence which differs from the body and is not dissolved by death, distinguished from other parts of the body. Do you hear that, people? This wicked bunch is selling souls of men. How in the world could you get that far out? Have you even stopped to think about it? How is that possible? Folks, there's so much in the scriptures that that the majority hadn't even you hadn't even touched. And you're never going. Then the Spirit of God's never going to reveal it to you till you get off your little hobby horses and you start believing the book. And you start growing in the Lord. And being perfected in the Lord with the growth of faith. To every man is given a measure of faith. And as you grow, you're given a, more, a bigger measure. Why is all this stuff important? Because it's right down the pike. It may all kick off tomorrow. Then again, it may wait 20 years. But you can rest assured of one thing. It's definitely going to happen. How do you know? The power of prophecy. That's the reason you know your book's right. And you can take all the other religious claptrap and throw it in the garbage can. And as far as I'm concerned, the Greek and Hebrew too. And I studied both of them. But see, like I've told you before, the difference with what I was taught... And what this fool's out there try to tell you is I use the Greek to prove the English. I don't use the Greek to destroy the English. Because I know the Lord's got the right book in your hand for this period of time. Just what you need to know. I'll just throw that last part in for a caveat. Now, if you folks are honest and your heart's clean, you confessed up, and you truly love the Lord, 
and you pray and let him show you, you can take just these little steps, because I hadn't hit all the scriptures. Folks, we'd be here for three or four hours. I just give you enough to whet your appetite if you have that hunger to understand what's coming and understand the Word of God. I just gave you enough to whet your appetite. If you're diligent enough and honest and not lazy and want to study. There's one thing rest assured of. You've been warned. Blood's off my hands. Back to Mark, brother. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Okay, he was naked before, he's clothed now. He was mad before, crazy, and now he's sane. And sitting where? At the foot of the Lord. Lord ever rescued you out of a lot, lot less of trouble than this demoniac here was. He ever deliver you out of anything? Did he ever say anything to you? Do you even know what a still small voice is? Do you even know where it's at in the scripture? Or do you think I'm just making it up? He said all kind of stuff to you. Sixty-six books, you got it in your lap. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. 663, John. Okay? They're life. They're spirit. The words, W-O-R-D-S, recorded. Paul told the Thessalonians, I thank God that when you received the word we've spoken to you, you received it not as the word of men, but as, the, as it is in truth, the word of God, which faithfully worketh in you that believe. You've got to believe it. This guy gets something wonderful done for him. He gets cleaned up, which is the type of the regeneration. Behold, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. All things are become new. He's a new creature. 
So he sets it to put of Jesus. All clothed and cleaned and in his right mind. Continue, brother. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. Okay. I told them all about what happened to this demoniac and about the swine, you know, and concerning the swine. And what did these folks do? They wanted him to get out of there. Done mess with their income. Bunch of swine herders living in the land of Gad. Gadarenes. Eastern side of Jordan. Wonder who it was. Hmm. He warned them, they warned him to depart from their coast. And, of course, the Lord will never hang around where he's not wanted, folks. It's no different today. I don't know if you've noticed it while reading the Scriptures. The Lord never hangs around where he's not wanted. He don't have a habit of hanging around very long with people that don't love him. Verse 18, brother. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Okay. This is one of the contrasts I wanted to show you, folks. Remember back up there when I said, Hey, the Lord did what those devils, devils warned him to do. He answered their request. These sons of hell, these disembodied spirits of the Rephaim, he granted their request. Here's somebody cleaned up, straightened out in his right mind, setting at the foot of the Lord. And let's see what happens here. There's a great lesson coming, folks. Continue. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. No! He couldn't go be with the Lord. He loved the Lord. He was so thankful for what was going on. He prayed, Lord, let me go with you. The Lord says, no. Now, in your, in your carnal mind, in your natural way of thinking, you would think, hey, man, this is cool. You done straighten this guy up. He wants to be a disciple and follow you. It's the right, seems like the right thing to do, Right? Wrong. 
wrong. The Lord's ways, folks, are not like our ways. They're as far as the east is from the west. Who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? To grant demons their request and turn around, take a cleaned up guy that he just got through straightening out and say no to him? What's going on here? All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know he heareth us, Whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petition we desire of him. Operative words according to his will. And the Lord said, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things that the Lord hath done for thee. And hath had compassion on thee. Let's see if this guy argued with the Lord about his denial of letting him go with him. Or see if he was let's just let and let's just it was he really a Christian. Or did he bitch and moan and complain because the Lord wouldn't answer in his prayer? Verse 20, brother. First three words. And he departed. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Here's this dope-head alcoholic, fornicating whoremonger, He said he met Jesus. Look at him now. He quit his drinking. He quit his whole hopping. And he's talking about Jesus all the time. Do you have that witness? Can anybody that knew you 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 5 years ago, since you named the name of Jesus Christ, can anybody see a difference in your life? So they can marvel. People that really have an experience with Jesus cause other people to marvel. 
And the reason that the ones that claim Jesus that don't cause anybody to marvel is because they ain't never met him. That's the difference in knowing him intellectually and knowing him from the heart. That's the reason Paul said in Romans 10, and they going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. which is a free gift to all those that call upon his name. Paul said, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. This guy did a good job of it. And believe in that heart, not your head, that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, telling folks about what the Lord's done for you, witnessing just like this guy did. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, but with the heart, Man believeth unto righteousness, the righteousness of God. The free gift comes with the heart belief, not with the head belief. Eighteen inches. Eighteen inches between heaven and hell. Eighteen inches between life and death. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Lord said in the book of Revelations. If any man open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. And by the way, you want some Greek? That word sup, that's a close communion and fellowship. We'll sup with him and he with me. It's reciprocal. Why do you think the one that met him on the road to Damascus was so adamant in 1 Corinthians 15, 22? If any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Damned. That's what accursed means. That burning love for the one he met on the road to Damascus that told you in the first chapter of the first book of Timothy that his way that the Lord dealt with him was a pattern for all those that should come after him. There's no excuse. There's no excuses.
Turn to Revelations chapter 3, brother, and we'll close here for tonight. Verse 1, sir? No, sir. Hold on just a second. Verse 14. This is the Lord speaking, folks, as revealed to the Apostle John. And he just got a red letter edition out of see the red letter. This is this is the one that Paul said that you're supposed to love or you be accursed. This is the last church in the book of Revelation. The seventh one that the Lord chose to deal with. Extrapolated over the last 2,000 years, everything that you're fixing to hear ought to sound so familiar, it'll burn in your head. Watch what he says. Go on, brother. Start reading. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith, Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. The faithful and possibly true witness. No. The, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. Let's see what he says to you folks. Because you are the called out ones. That's what the church, the ecclesia, the church means, folks. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You know why the Lord wants some cold or hot? Because if they're cold, he can beat the hell out of them and get them on the right track. But if they're lukewarm, they think they're doing something way doing a D-blank thing. Except running off on some intellectual... Oh, I, mm, mm, shut up, Don. Except running off on some intellectual mind trip. Pumping up the gray matter. That's why he wants them cold or hot. They cold and deal with them. If they're hot, they're on, they're loving him. They're doing. They're obeying. They're growing. But because they're lukewarm, you make God sick. Verse 17, brother. 
because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Do you hear what he said? Because thou sayest, I am rich. He ain't talking about the Rothschilds. He's not talking about Rockefeller and Bush and Cheney or anybody or whoever's over your country. That's not who he's talking about. Folks, the one sitting sitting on the sound of my voice ain't never been cold a day in your life that you couldn't get warm, probably, unless you put yourself in that situation. You hadn't been hungry unless you were fasting. Most of you, and I'd be willing to bet 99.9% of you, the only time you missed a meal, unless you was fasting, and that's probably less than 99, that's probably less than 1%. Because you just couldn't get to the refrigerator, get to the refrigerator, okay? You're rich! You're rich! And increased with goods. You don't get no out here, folks. And neither do I. We're a small lot, folks. We're small. First little storm that comes up. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? Oh, my goodness. This too shall pass. You're rich and increased with goods. The way you look at it and the way the Lord looks at it, it's two different ways, folks. Notice the difference. Continue reading, brother. I counsel thee to buy of me. No, 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 no. Go back to verse 17. Read it again. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Oh, and that naked, that naked is going to show you. You will. This will ring through eternity in your ears, folks. If you poo-poo and shun these things that for over a year now I've been begging and pleading with the Spirit of God and everything I know what to do, and I can't do nothing. It has to be the Lord that does it. That word naked there, you're going to become very, very, very familiar with that word right there. When you walk away from the judgment seat of Christ, If you don't take heed to the Spirit's warning. Now the Lord's going to give you some advice here. Verse 18, brother. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that 
the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Appear where? It will appear where, Lord? Where does and anoint things, whoa, 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 whoa. Where does these things appear? Where does these items occur at? Do you know how to study? Do you know how to word study? You know how to study gold, fire, nakedness. Do you know how to study? Is it important to you? Do you believe what you're reading? White raiment, which is the righteousness of the saints. I said it's the righteousness of the saints, not God's righteousness, your righteousness. Two different dogs. Two different sets of poodles or kitty cats, whichever one you want to choose. The righteousness of God saves you. Your righteousness clothes you. You want your nakedness to appear? Turn to Daniel chapter two, Daniel chapter twelve, brother, and read verse two while I'm talking. Daniel chapter two, twelve, chapter twelve, verse two. You see, people, you get mm, mm, mm. so few real. God called Bible-believing teachers will take time to break down these words, paragraphs, these sentences to the to to every to, to every punctuation mark and tell you what this what's trying to be put forth. Not read a whole chapter and holler about Greek and Hebrew for forty minutes. That's for some of the backgrounds. Well, that, some of the backgrounds you folks come from is topical preachers that take a topic, talk about a topic all the time. Very few of you have ever sat under expository teaching and preaching. Which, by the way, for almost 1,900-something years of church history was the type of teaching and preaching that was done by the church fathers and the God called teachers and preachers after them. Read the second verse in Daniel 12, brother. Watch it close. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Okay, this is a resurrection. Remember the context. Is it the end time? The second coming? That all the context is the end of the age. Go ahead. Some to everlasting life and and, oh, and that old and that conjunction. The ones that come up. Some to everlasting life. Well, what about the others? Go ahead, brother. And some to shame and. Everlasting contempt. Bingo. Shame. Back to Revelations 3. Do you see that word shame, folks? Shame. 
and that the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear. The Lord's counseling you to buy me gold. Where does that occur? 1 Corinthians 3. Tried in the fire. Where does that come from? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That thou nakedness, the shame of thy nakedness doth not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Only the Holy Spirit can do that, and it will only come with a pure heart after repentance and confession. I can assure you that I've been through it, I know. Telling you from experience, I'm not just reading a bunch of words and giving you opinion. Could you tear out those damnable idols out of your life? I don't know what they are, but you do if you're honest. Anything you put before the Lord Jesus Christ and service for Him is an idol. You got it? Whatever's throwing you away, whatever's pulling you to the side, and hindering you from completing the course you were meant to run, the race set before you is an idol. And will be judged as such. Verse 19, brother. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Do you think I was just talking trash just a few seconds ago? Paul said, I've not ceased to preach to you the whole counsel of God. Also, he said, I've not shunned to teach you repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. You keep talking about this faith. How do I get more faith? Turn to Romans 10, read verse 17, brother. Ain't no excuse, folks. <laughs> no excuse. Ten verse seventeen. Romans ten seventeen. I could quote it, but I want you to read it. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know why I hold it in such reverence? Some of you think it's a hobby horse? Hey, if you ain't got it, then you can't have no faith. You reckon the Lord's a liar? <laughs> you reckon? I trow not.
Verse 20, brother. But Esaias is very bold. No, 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 no. Verse 20. Verse 20 in uh, Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. See that? Progression. First comma. Hear my voice. Second comma, and open the door. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, I will come in unto him. Next comma, and will sup with him. That close, intimate fellowship, reciprocal. Next comma, and he with me. Read verse 21, brother. To him that overcometh will, I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Now, the final summation to everyone that downloads and whoever this is to, and only the Spirit of God knows, Read verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He didn't say they that hear, they that hath an ear. He said he, personal, singular, individual. Individual. You say, well, you got to work for it. He that overcometh, y'all must have to work for it. You remember the free gift, folks. If you don't learn how to study, you're going to be a walking wreck from Georgia Tech. If you don't understand how to get your priorities right and understand sound doctrine. How do you overcome? Oh, it means you gotta work out. It means you gotta be sinless, and uh, you gotta you gotta just get rid of them sins, and you you gotta die in the state of grace, and you can't have no sins when you die, and you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Turn to First John chapter five. Let's find out about this overcoming. First John five four. For an angel went down... First John, John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, 
even our faith. You got it. Keep on, verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? That ain't a head belief, folks. If I hadn't got that through your, your pea brain tonight, and the Spirit of God hadn't tapped it in your heart yet, maybe he will. It's not gray matter. It's heart matter. You want to be an overcomer and be sealed to the day of redemption? Then obey the Scriptures. Like Paul says in the book of Romans, he that hath obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which we preached unto you. Do you get it? Form of doctrine. Obeyed. Obeyed. Obeyed that form of doctrine. You got it? Heavenly Father, I pray that you take the words that's been spoken tonight, Lord, your holy word, Father. I pray that you take these words out of your book, use them for your honor and glory, which I'm sure that you will. May it accomplish that which you send it out to do, Father, for we're nothing but messengers, Lord. We're just we're just called messengers and servants for thee. Father, I pray for each one in the chat room. Father, I pray that, uh, that you would bless each and every one of them with blessings unimaginable, Lord God from heaven, Lord God, that that would make them love you more. Father, and you know what I'm speaking of, Father. I pray that you take the ones that download this program and may the Holy Spirit go through these, these whatever it is, these uh, this computer, the airway, whatever it is, Father, and, to, and may the Spirit of God go through there and burn in their hearts your precious word, Father, and let it accomplish that what you intended to do, Father. And as... I always say I know that you'll do it because you promised you would, and we know you're, not, you're a loving Father that never lies. Then it's impossible for you to lie, and we know you'll accomplish that what you intended to do. Now go with us the remainder of this week, Father. Watch over everyone. Take care of us, Lord. And may we be a better servant for you this week than we was last week, Father. May we repent and confess our sins like we're supposed to do. And as you say in First John, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Clean slate or that white garment. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. And God bless each and every one of you, and I'll see you next week, Lord willing. Don Spears Ministries, 3155 Louisville Street, D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017, telephone 334-397-2333, email joydon1953 at yahoo.com
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.